0: We don't, we don't know everything of what he said, but we know he said, thank you, Turkey, somewhere in there, right? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we are thankful for uh, Brother Nate and appreciate all you do. Thank you for that special music. Take your Bibles with me and turn to Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3. Get myself mic'd up here. Normally I am, but I'm, I'm off today. All right. I think I'm on. Am I on? Good. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 has been our theme verse uh, for this new year, and so if you would like to join together with me, I will read it once, then we'll read it together. All right. the word of God says, Colossians 3 verse 23, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Ready, everyone together, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. And, of course, we, we understand that Paul is talking about the role of the Christian in everything that we do and how it is to be done. We, we looked at uh, just a few weeks ago, and this this word heartily means with every breath of life. The word heartily is the... the uh, parallel word to what we find being used in the book of Genesis when God breathed life into Adam and Eve and so this breath of life is with the very idea of we're putting every part of ourselves into whatever God would have for us to do. In Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 23 the word of God says keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life every issue, every matter, every detail of life all points back to the heart. Our response response to things, our uh, service within things, our obedience to the Lord, our anger, our frustration, our our, uh, discouragement, it all comes back to the heart. The condition of our heart, out of the heart are the issues of life. In Matthew chapter 12, and in verse uh, 33 through 34, the Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Whatever your heart is filled with is what, in return, your body and or your mouth, your actions will exert. And, uh, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, you can tell a lot about an individual by that which is coming out of their mouth. You can tell the condition of their heart. Now, we understand and have understood already thus far that no man knows the heart. Only God knows the heart. Amen? And for us to trump around and sing as though we do know somebody's heart, we, and, and biblically we do not. No man does. Only God knows. Uh, but as God himself says, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, uh, that which comes out of your mouth speaks of the condition of your heart. Uh, it wouldn't come out of your mouth if it wasn't in your heart already. Uh, it wouldn't come out in your actions if it wasn't already on your heart. And th- this, is, uh, this is the underlying matter. We looked at together in Matthew 6 uh, a couple weeks ago before our Love Your Church Sunday uh, the three particular things that are brought out in Matthew 6 of, of what the Christian uh, should be putting into action and should be doing and how that they should be doing it. In verse 1, he speaks of the almsgiving and on our giving. And we talked about how that it's not just uh, a giving of, of tithes but also in offerings. That is, Uh, uh, and and of our time, our giving in general. That which is ours that we're giving back to God or that which already rightfully belongs to God and we're making sure it's given to Him because it is already due to Him. And then we talked about the matter of prayer in verse 5 and and down from verse 5 all the way into verse number... uh, 15 he talks about the matter of prayer and the manner of our prayer and how we are to pray we're not praying with repetition we're not uh praying for it by anything more than of faith we're praying in recognition of who god is first and then we're asking uh for god to give as we see in verse 11 uh, he says thy will be done in verse 10 but in, it's not until verse 11 that he says give the asking takes place afterward. And then we talked about the matter of fasting. And fasting is not just having to do with that of food, uh, but it's choosing to withhold from something in order to have a greater focus upon God. And uh, the importance in the Christian life on having a proper time of fasting in order to give our, uh, uh, the attention to God as we should. Well, the chapter does not end there. Although we'd like to bring out the key verses that are found in verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, nor, nor thieves do, break, do not break through, nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We also are familiar with verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, many of these things that are mentioned in Matthew 6 all have to do with that matter of the heart, and what the heart is abundantly filled with. And after talking about all these things that the Christian should do, uh, he goes on to describe that which the Christian should not do. And he really summarizes it in one specific uh, thought. And we find the beginning of that thought uh, starting in verse number 25. He says, therefore, what is therefore, therefore? Or he's saying therefore, as a result of all this being said. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, "...nor what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin." And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which uh, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I want to bring your attention to verse number 25 in a repeated phrase from verse 25. The word of God says, take no thought. We see yet again in, uh, in verse number 28 he says, and why take thought? In verse 31, he says, therefore, take no thought. And in verse 34, he says again, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow. That repetition of this matter of thought uh, and not taking thought. Uh, he begins by saying, take no thought for your life. Now, don't misunderstand uh, what, the, the, what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying, don't, don't take care of yourself. Okay? He's not saying that. But what he is saying, in summary, is one word which so summarizes some Christians' days entirely. And that word is worry. Worrying. Fearing. Fretting. We're scurrying around because we're worried about whatever. It is Jesus himself who, in his teachings, makes it very clear that Focus upon these things. Your almsgiving and your, and your fasting and, and your, uh, your prayer life. And when you focus on all those things, they should minimize any other concern, any other need, any other fear or worry. And I say, Christian, when we consider this thought of fearing and worrying, would that be an aspect of your life that defines who you are? That... It is a day, that today is a day where I'm in fear and worry for tomorrow. Tomorrow is a day where I'm in fear and concern for what happened the day before. <laughs> and, uh, or I'm fearing and worrying for the results of this. Or I'm fearing and worrying for what somebody said about me and what they're going to think about me at the end of this. And, or I'm fearing and worrying about uh, what those uh, doctor's test results are going to be. Or I'm fearing and worrying about if I'm, if I'm going to be able to have the financial uh, uh, income to be able to meet these financial needs. Or I'm fearing and worrying if my child is actually going to succeed in school. <laughs> I'm fearing and worrying if, if, if they're actually uh, be, behaving themselves. And doing what they're told to do. Uh, we, we can fear and fret and worry about countless numbers of things. And that's why God yet again tells us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. Place your focus in its proper place and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord with every breath of life because out of the heart are the issues of life and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. If your heart is abundantly filled with the proper things, you won't be worrying. Amen? If your heart is in its proper place, you won't have anything to fear. You won't have any concern. Uh, it is Jesus himself who uh, speaks of this matter of worrying and he tells us what the Bible says about worrying and he begins by saying, first of all, It is unnecessary. It is completely unnecessary. In verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Don't sit and wonder, what am I going to eat today? or uh, Am I going to have food to eat? Or, or what should I wear? Or am I going to have clothes to wear? Or, or, or what about my, my, my essential needs, my daily life? Am I going to have everything that I need for today? Some of us, we, we can get so concerned. Well, I've got a routine. If I'm not at the restaurant at such and such time, oh boy, I, will I even be able to get sitting down at the proper time and then getting back to rest like I need to. We can get pretty concerned about our schedules sometimes, our routines. We get worried. We begin to fear. We begin to fret. And it is uh, God who d- describes the Christian life as so, that which is unnecessary to worry. I think there's a key phrase that we find in verse 25 where he says, Is not the life more? The parallel to that is Luke 12 verse 23 where Jesus literally says in Luke's description of it, he says the life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. I say to you, Christian, this morning that there is more to life than worrying. Amen? There is more to life than worrying. If your life is completely consumed and filled with what if or I don't know or I don't have the answers to... You're going to be a miserable person. And it, truth be told, according to Scripture, you are, in reality, you're sinning against God. The Bible says, for whatsoever is not a faith, it is sin. For us to have a lack of trust in God's ability and His care and His love, is really, in the form of worrying, we're telling God, I don't believe you can handle this. I don't believe you're in control. This situation, it's impossible. There's nothing that could possibly uh, uh, be a result. God is the end result. Amen? God's in control. And it is this which we must remind ourselves, that life is more. I tell you, there is no... If you ever meet a person who doesn't have a worry or fear in their mind in any way, shape, or form, I'd love to meet them. Because life would not be life if we didn't have things which we are concerned about, right? We, we all have things which we worry about, which we're concerned about. It, it, as a result of our sin nature, our, our mind wants to depend upon our own ability to find the result to something or come to the end uh, result of whatever that need is. And, and we conclude that our thinking of it is the proper thinking. And I, and I, I figured it all out and I'm going to trust what I think is right. But God Himself tells us in Proverbs 3, you know the verse, trust in the Lord with all thy what? Heart. heart. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, out of the heart are the issues of life. The Bible says, what whatsoever you do, do it heartily. So, our trust in the Lord, we are heartily trusting the Lord. I'm wholeheartedly believing and trusting the Lord in this situation of my life. Even though I don't have the answers. Even though I don't know the outcome. Even though I've never done it before even though I think I know what the outcome will be, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe in Him. Because life is more than worry. Let me tell you, uh, unfortunately, there, there are some miserable people on this earth as a result of their continual worrying. And at, in reality, is a, a lack of, of trust in God. Uh, if we would have such a relationship with God where we so... Believe that he could handle every problem in every situation of life, how much of a difference that would make our life. Amen? Amen. That our circumstances of life would not determine our joy. <laughs> that our circumstances of life would not determine our attitude in whatsoever we do. That we would do all that we do heartily, with faith, believing that God is in control. Jesus says it is unnecessary. Look at verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet heaven, yet the heavenly Father feedeth them. I don't know if you've ever seen birds or animals, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're building a barn, and they've got a barn full of all this food for them to store up. Uh, have you ever seen your dog? He goes to the Walmart and he buys a refrigerator, and he puts all of his food to store up, so he has food for whenever he needs it. Uh, have you ever seen the insects? They, they have to go into the store and buy all the essentials to life you know, to make sure that they... No. That's essentially what Jesus is saying. You don't see the animals going and, and trying to meet all the needs for themselves. God provides for them. Somebody says, well, sometimes God doesn't provide. Their life comes to an end. Well, the, the, life has its cycles, right? At the end of the day, who oversees it all? Who oversees it all? God. And if God would so care for the littlest and tiniest of birds down to the insects, to nature itself, if God would care for nature and animals, why would God not care for mankind? I tell you, I'm not a politic guy, but we could really get carried away into the politics side of things if if we just, uh, when, when, when people make the argument to say, well, Save the whales. You know, meanwhile, there's, there's people that are in need too, but we're so concerned about the whales. You know? <laughs> or or don't, don't, don't hurt the animals. Don't, I'm not saying I hate animals, okay? But, but sometimes, in, in our society today, we can be so focused on nature <laughs> and animals before we are mankind. And it's God himself who even compares the two and says, if God would care for that which was not given dominion over the earth, Why would God himself not care for the most unique made in his image and in his likeness? Mankind himself. Because he will. That's what Jesus himself says. He will. God cares for you, Christian. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know maybe what you're fearing or fretting. We all have things that concern us. But God knows. God is in control. God cares. God loves you. He understands. The Bible tells us God already knows before you ever bring the needs to him. That's why when we read of the prayers and the order and the manner that we are to pray, the Bible tells us that God already knows. He already understands. Christian, don't allow yourself to become discouraged like nobody knows what you're going through. Because God knows. For you to worry and to fret and to fear about the end result of something is to doubt God. It's not. It is to say to God, God, I don't believe that all that you have for me at this point in time in my life is all that I need really the end result of, uh, of a worrying and fretting individual, it, it, it feeds right into that very matter of covetousness. We're coveting and desiring to have a life or a result that God has chosen not to give to us at that present time. The Bible tells us it is unnecessary. Verse 27, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? You know, I, I could sit and worry and fear. Man, I just wish that I was as tall as uh, Michael Fleer. He's out, so I can talk about him, okay? I wish that I was as tall as such and such. And all my wearying and worrying and, f- and wondering and wishing will not add to my stature. Okay, this is literally what Jesus is saying. You can, a man can worry himself like crazy. He's not, he's not going to make himself taller just by worrying. You're not going to find the result for any answer of life by worrying. That's not how the, the answers of life are found. Let me, t- let me tell you where the answers of life are found. Right here. Amen? In God's word. In, in, in God's word. Right in this book. The Bible tells us it's unnecessary to fear. It's unnecessary to wonder. To, to worry. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Somebody says, well, if I don't water the plant and God doesn't give the rain, then what's going to happen to the plant? Well, God's watching you over the plant. Where does the water come from? God provided the water, right? Where does the sunlight come from? God provides the sunlight. We say, well, it's not in the proper... We, we, we could argue about the, the proper giving. But the reality, that's what we do with our own life. Amen? The truth is, if you leave a plant to grow, yes, it may die by the fall, but by the spring... Uh, nature will take its course, and it'll, it'll probably pop back up out of the ground and grow again. Depending on what plant it is. You have to ask a plant person for that. But, uh, um, we understand that the Word of God tells us that as God cares for the plants, as God cares for nature, why would God not care for us? It is absolutely unnecessary for the Christian to live the Christian life as though God does not care for their needs. The Bible tells us not only is it unnecessary, but it's Faithless. It is faithless. In verse 30, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye? O ye of little faith. Now I say to you again, don't get caught on just the matter that God's just talking about clothing. All right? Where, where he's talking about the simple matter of those, those um, basic things. Uh, necessities of life, those material things of life that you need every single day. Don't don't worry about not having those things. Okay. Some of you, uh, maybe maybe uh, you're the type of person that uh, you're worried that the store is not going to have it, right? So as a result, you buy three or four of those things so you have them. Well, good for you. You're storing up. All right. We're we're not necessarily talking about uh, what's not in uh, Norfolk Walmart. Uh, Because there's nothing there anyway. I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, if you shop there, they they do struggle. Sorry, Brother Lee, but uh, that's just the honest truth. There's too many people in the surrounding area to buy all their stuff, I think is the problem. But um, that has nothing to do with faith. Faithless. Faithless. The Bible says, O ye of little faith. This is one of uh, a handful of times that we see that phrase, little faith, being used. Um, Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. And we're going to be back in Matthew, so keep your finger there. Luke chapter 12. This is Luke's, um, his way of describing uh, Jesus' teachings at this time. Luke 12 and verse 29. Luke 12 and verse 29. The word of God says, And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye doubtful of mind. We find yet, again, in that parallel passage, little faith, doubt, and that direct connection which is there. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to look at some passages here together, so stay with me. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. To worry and to fret about anything is essentially to doubt God. That's what we understand from Luke. Uh, the Bible calls it uh, in, in Matthew that it is a little faith. 1 Peter 5 verse 6 and 7 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time notice the colon the, the sentence continues casting all your care upon him for he careth for you there's an order and pattern to things God cares for you you have to cast your burdens upon him but you have to come to the point and place for your life where you can humble yourself truly humbling yourself is letting go of everything. And saying, it's not about what I can do. It's not about me. It's not about how many hours I work and how much finance I get in return. It's not about uh, what I can do and, and produce in my own power. Humbly is saying, it, it's not about it's not my life to live. I'm living for God. I'm so humbling myself that I'm not going to worry about my needs. I'm going to give it all to God. I'm not saying, you know, ladies, you got to go home and the pastor says, I don't need to worry about myself. You know, stop putting makeup on. Stop brushing your hair. And men, doesn't mean you need to dress like a slob and you, you know, you're, you're not wearing a belt and your pants are hanging down. We're not talking about God saying don't care about any. you got to take care of yourself. Amen? It's, there is a two-way street there. But don't sit and worry and fret about those needs. The Bible says to do so is not humbling yourself. To do so is not casting your burdens in return you're carrying your burdens (laughs) you're carrying a burden around so we all know people who it seems like they're always carrying a burden right You, you talk to them and you say how are you doing today well let me tell you in the midst of their complaint there's much worry and fear and fret about the result of something they're worried about the outcome of something is what it is the Bible tells us why 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 do we worry why, why do we need to worry when we know that God is in control? When God cares for all of nature and all the animals and all of creation, what result can worrying even do for us? It can't even add a cubit to our own stature. It can't do anything for us but cause us to doubt God. Peter says, cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. Here's my burden. I'm humbling myself. You know what? It's not about me. I'm going to stop carrying it. I'm casting it before God. All right, here, Lord, it's yours. I'm casting it before you by prayers. Here's my need. You already know my need, but I'm casting it to you. I'm believing you by faith that your perfect will will be done with that situation, and I'm not going to worry about it. And I'm going to go on to live the Christian life as God intends for me to do it, and I'm going to obey God's word when He tells me whatsoever you do, that I'm going to do it heartily. And I'm not going to let the things of worrying in my mind cause me to be distracted. You understand that essentially worrying is a tool of Satan to distract you? It is. It's a tool of Satan to distract you from having a proper focus on God. The last three things you read in Matthew 6 all have to do with having a proper focus on God. In my giving, in my praying, in my fasting. And what cuts all those out is worrying. I'm not going to give because i'm worried (laughs) i'm not going to pray well because i believe i already know the answer i I, i'm not going to fast well uh, uh, i've already got other things to worry about i'm not going to withhold from doing anything else i've got to think about this you see society has caused us to believe that we need everything right here right now that you know, I have to buy a vacuum that is robotic and it, and it runs around for me and does all my vacuuming for me. I don't even have to get up, you know, uh, or, or that uh, I've got a toothbrush that it, it, it's it's automatic so it does all the scrubbing for me. I don't even have to hardly move my hand. I just move it left and right. That's all I have to do. Or, or, or a phone where I don't even have to hardly punch the numbers. I just hit one little tap, one little touch and I get a call right away, you know. Or or I can order my meal and I don't have to wait for my meal. If I order it ahead of enough time, I can just walk to the restaurant or go to the drive-thru and my food is ready right away. We're we're so used to that, have it here, have it now, have it right away. And it's, it's working against. And in fact, Satan, I believe, can use that to cause us to develop a mind where we believe that we have to have the answers of life or these things right now. If I don't have it now, it bothers me. I'm worried. I'm frustrated. Right, let me tell you, a guilty person for worrying right here. I can't tell you how many times i will say, well, I can't stop thinking about it. It's on my mind. (laughs) I I said that a lot. Okay, you can ask my wife. I say that a lot. Uh, Honey, just don't worry about it. I I can't help it. It's on my mind. They already told me. It's already, I'm thinking about it. I just keep thinking. I can't go to sleep. I'm just thinking about it, right? Welcome to life, right? We all have those things. Casting all your cares upon him for He careth for you. For me to sit and soak in my thoughts of wisdom, to believe that what I'm thinking about is going to arrive me to a point in life of, uh, of contentment in my fears and my worries, is to doubt God. And in its essence is to sin against God. The Bible tells us it's unnecessary. It's faithless. Let's look at some of these areas of, of uh, where God describes this matter of being little faith. Before we do, let me bring you to the opposite of that, that which we find of great faith. Matthew 15. We're going to be in Matthew for these next several. It's interesting when you study those two words, little faith, uh, it is predominantly, and I want to say only used in the book of Matthew, where Matthew describes those times of Jesus' speaking and describes the the doubting of God as little faith. Okay? Uh, Look at... um, Uh, Verse number 21 of Matthew 15. The word of God says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. We see her heart, her crying out to God, her casting her burden upon the Lord. Look at verse 28, the result of that. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be done to thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. The results of what happens to an individual who chooses to have faith. You know, it's a wonder how many things that God may give us the answer to if we simply just would trust him by faith. That maybe even the times that God withholds things from us is because we're doubting him. It's because we're not trusting him. We don't believe that he... We, we haven't concluded that he is in control. I want you to understand that, those words, little faith. God is not saying that we don't have faith. He's speaking about the amount of our faith. It's little. (laughs) It's small. I would say all of us, to, to an extent, as believers, we have faith. We have faith in God. We believe that God is capable. But the little faith is described that you're not having enough for that appropriate time in which it is needed. It's not that there was not faith It was little faith. Christian, I wonder, do you have little faith? Do you have little faith? Somebody says, well, at least they have some faith. Well, yes, that's good, but is it little faith? Are we increasing in our faith in God? Amen? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 19. Turn there with me. Matthew 19. Look at verse 26. A worthy verse of marking in your Bible. What the Lord tells us about God himself. Matthew 19 verse 26 but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. If you haven't circled or underlined the word all, you should. Because that consumes everything. Here you have such little faith, and in most cases, honestly, they are little things. But yet the Bible tells us that with all things, God is in control. And that God can do even that which man would conclude in the end is impossible. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? Amen. God so makes it even as far as a command to have faith in Him. In Mark 11, verse 22 where the Word of God tells us, have faith in God. This is that which is essential to the Christian life. Have faith in God. Let's look at some of these examples. Matthew chapter 8, verse 22. Matthew 8, verse 22. Matthew 8, verse 22. The Bible says, But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into his ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, and so much that the ship was covered with waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. Do we worry and fear when things get difficult? When the storm comes, we find in the disciples, the followers of Christ, with little faith. Matthew 14 in verse 30. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me! And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Here we find Peter with doubt, with fear. Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 6. Matthew 16 and verse 6. The word of God says, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? We see in all of these passages a failure to trust in God with a great faith. With a great faith. You understand the measuring that is taking place here. We just saw a, a woman who cries out to God and God says, Thou hast had great faith. But we see many of which, and as an example to us, the reality of life that we struggle with a matter of even having the smallest amount of faith, let alone if we have the amount of faith that we should. The Bible tells us it's little. It's little. In Romans chapter 14, verse 23, I've referenced it a couple of times already, the Bible says, "...for whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin." Romans 14, verse 23. Any Any area of the Christian life that does not involve constant dependence upon God is a lack of faith and a doubting of God's ability. The Bible tells us it is unnecessary, it is faithless, number three, and lastly, it is unprofitable. It is unprofitable. Verse 32, back in Matthew 6, if you want to turn back there with me. Matthew 6 and verse 32 the Bible says, For after all these things that the Gentiles seek, for ye heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Look at verse 8 of chapter 6. He says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask of him. You know, verse, 30, uh, uh, verse 32 down through verse uh, 34 tell, gives us the, the understanding of this. You don't even have to worry about The tomorrow, because tomorrow may not even come. (laughs) What you should be most worried about, if you're worried about anything, is if you're having the proper amount of faith that you should be having for every situation of life. The Bible tells us that God knows. He understands. I love the verse, Romans chapter 8, and verse 28. The Bible tells us, All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. God has a purpose for all things. The end result, God has a purpose behind it. And it's all to happen according to his purpose. I don't know why. I don't know why those things are happening. But I do know why you shouldn't worry. The word of God tells us why. Because it's unnecessary. Because it lacks faith in God. And because it is unprofitable. It's unprofitable. In the end, it won't amount you to anything. It won't bring you anything in return. And that's why... That Jesus says in Matthew 6. This is why Matthew 6 verse 33 is there. Because he uses that wonderful word but. He says. Don't seek all these other things but. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God. Seek first the things that are eternal. The things that really matter. Seek that which is really more. You see life is more. The more of life are the eternal things are the things that will amount in the end when we stand before God and get an account for that which we have and we have not done. God forbid it would be said of us that uh, God would look down upon us as we stand before him and say, Wow, on that day you were worrying and you were fearful here and you lacked faith there. What small faith you had here. Or will he say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You were faithful in much and you were faithful in trusting me. Can that be said of us? you say well pastor are you trying to say that if I'm not trusting God now that that I've lost all opportunity no God, God can do anything through a heart and a life that simply trusts him by faith you don't have the answers and you won't if you try to sit and figure him out but God knows I don't know why those things are happening and nobody truthfully does at the end of the day only God does God has a purpose for it So here's what you have to do, trust God, trust Him by faith. Don't allow your Christian life to be described as a Christian life of little faith. Don't allow your Christian life to be filled with unnecessary thoughts that Satan puts there. Don't allow your Christian life to be in the end amount to something of that which is unprofitable. What is your life, your Christian life going to amount to? if it's full of worrying. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Are the eternal things in the forefront of your life winning souls to Christ, growing your knowledge of him and his word, uh, letting the love of Christ be seen through your life and sharing the love of Christ with others, serving him to to the best uh, of your capacity, whether it be in the house of God or or in your workplace or whether it be in your home, wherever it may be. Is it going to be a Christian life that is lived by faith? Or is it going to be described as little faith? Boy, what a picture we get of Peter as he's walking on the water, right? Here he, he's looking at the Lord and he's keeping his eyes on the Lord and he's trusting God and he's rejoicing in the fact, I'm walking on water, right? Here's the waves that are, are, are likely are, are hitting his shins and they're rocking back, but he's, he's walking on water. But the moment that he takes his eyes off the Lord, the, mo- the moment he stops depending... The moment he stops trusting is the moment he begins to sink. Here are the disciples. They're in the boat and the storm is, is crashing all around them, And they're crying out to God, why are you sleeping? Wake us up. Why is this storm happening in our life? And Jesus just wakes up. The Bible tells us he calms the storm and maybe he went back to bed. I don't know. Like it was nothing. Because the truth is, the things that we worry about in life are nothing. When compared to the eternal things. You say, well, what about so and so that I love? Well, you should care for them. You should love them. But don't fret and worry about what their life will be in the end. Unless they don't know Christ. Hey, especially if they know Christ, they're a believer. You, there, there's, there's great hope to encourage them in. Amen? Maybe it's a job. What, what kind of job am I going to get? I don't know where to find it. I don't know what kind. I don't know how how I'm going to make this work. Trust the Lord. Believe in Him. Have faith in Him. Maybe it's a a marital thing. I'm not sure how to deal with this with my husband or with my wife. I'm not sure how to approach this. Trust God by faith. Don't sit and worry about it. Don't sit and talk to others about it and worry about it and fret about it. I'm, I'm not really sure the answers to this step in my life. Should I move here? Should I go here? Should I stop doing this? Should I start doing this? What do I do? Trust God by faith. Believe that God is in control. When you believe that God is a purpose for everything, this is what happens. Is that you're believing that nothing happens by coincidence. And that if God opens up a job opportunity, that unless God absolutely slams that door shut, you're not going to say no to it. That God opens up an opportunity to say, hey, I, I want you to go speak to so and so about the gospel, that you're not going to shut that door until God absolutely closes that door. God opens and closes doors all the time. The person who has to choose to go in him is us. We, we just simply have to be available. We, we don't have to wait for when is God going to open the door. The doors are already open. We just have to walk through them. I don't know your heart. But I do know this. The Bible says that when you fall in love with the Lord and when you obey him, that your desires will become his desires. The Bible says and speaks of the desires of our heart becoming equal with that of God when we choose to live in obedience to him. What that means is is this, is that God can take your desires of your heart and use them to accomplish His perfect will when you simply humble yourself and cast all your cares upon Him. In other words, you can have the greatest desire, I can have the greatest desire in the world to become uh, a medical doctor. No, I'm not, so don't worry, okay? But uh, I could have the greatest desire in the world to become a medical doctor. And maybe God has even gifted me with some ability to do that. And I've got to go through the process and the schooling and the finance and all these things to get to that point in life. And so I can sit and worry and, and fear and fret. And how am I going to make it? I hope that I will. I can sit and stress about it and then get frustrated about it. Or I can let that desire which God has placed in my heart be humbled, brought before God, cast before God. God, I'm trusting you by faith. Unless you slam this door shut. I'm going to keep going this direction. That's what when the Bible talks about thy word as a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you're staying faithful to God, God gives you just and all the light that you need to make that next step of life. Praise the Lord for that. Amen? Amen? But don't not take that step. When God makes it clear to take a step, take the step. But don't step beyond the light. Step in the light that God gives you. And obey him within the direction that he gives you. By faith. Let's have your head bowed and every eye closed. You've done well in listening this morning. I appreciate you listening. I hope that more than listening with your ears, you've listened with your heart. As we've talked about how the bundles of the heart, the mouth speaketh out of the heart of the issues of life. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. I wonder if you're here this morning and say, Pastor Miller, God's spoken to my heart. I have let the things of this world, I've let Satan use the things of this world, my life, worry me and cause me to fret about things. Can I pray for you today? I promise you I'm looking at the crowd here. Nobody's looking around. Nobody can see a thing. Can I pray for you today? Pastor, pray for me please. God's spoken to my heart. Anyone like that here today, thank you for your honesty. Anyone else here this morning, pray for me, Pastor Miller. Amen. Thank you. Pray for me also, Pastor. God's spoken to my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. i mean say, Pastor Miller, you know, it's not that I'm sitting and worrying about things, but I realize that my faith is not as strong as it should be. That maybe it's more described in the matter of it being little than it is great. And you would say, Pastor, I'm doing my best, and God's reminded me, and He's spoken to me this morning, that I need to have a greater faith than I've had. Would you pray for me today? Anyone like that here this morning? Pastor Miller, that's me. Amen. Amen. May God help us. Pray for me also, Pastor. God spoken to me. Amen. You know what a hand raising does? It gives me opportunity to pray.